0: Welcome to 50 Date Night Screams. I'm Amber Tresca.
1: And I'm Mike Tresca. We're a married couple who decide to celebrate our 50th birthdays by watching some old movies.
0: A lot of old movies. Join us as we watch 50 movies on our date nights and have fun dissecting them.
1: As a bonus, each episode is accompanied by an original character I created and designed for use in your tabletop role-playing games.
0: Many of the movies we watch are unrated, but this podcast is not. 50 Date Night Screams contains mature themes and is intended for adult audiences, so take care when listening. Plus, there are spoilers. Check the show notes to see where you can watch this movie before you listen.
1: We're glad you're here. Have a seat, grab a glass of your favorite beverage, and get ready to scream along with us.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 18 of 50 Date Night Screams. I'm Amber, and my co-host is here with me, Mike. Hey, Mike, what's going on? Hello, partner
1: in viewing crime.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This I don't think is a crime. This one's not a crime. We have some crimes coming up. Uh, (laughs) There there are crimes in this movie. I don't think the movie itself is a crime. For once. (laughs) For once, yeah. All right, so we are discussing today a movie called The Embalmer. There are several movies called The Embalmer, but this one is from 1965. It is an Italian film, so it has it goes by a bunch of different names. People translate it in different ways, but for our purposes, The Embalmer. It is black and white. This one actually has a rating. Several of our movies are unrated. This one is rated PG. And the rec- the director The director is Dino Tavella, I think is how you say that. And it has a 4.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Not sure I completely agree with that one, but we will get into it. (laughs) All right. It is, I have down here that it's one hour and three minutes. I'm not sure that that's correct. That's fast. That's fast. I think it's longer than that.
1: Yeah, it felt a little longer than
0: that. I feel like it's an hour and 15 minutes. Minutes, yeah, sometimes that feels with these about right. movies, it doesn't. There's discrepancies, let's put it that way, depending on where you look. All right, hilarious tagline <gasps> beauty after beauty dragged to a sunken crypt, petrified play captives of the embalmer.
1: Petrified play captives, I think I saw that magazine in the woods once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not, I don't think a lot of play goes on. <laughs> Um, with them they're more like they're more like knick-knacks you know they're more like (laughs) knick-knacks uh these women all right i'm trying to think of uh trigger warnings do we need any trigger warnings for this one (laughs) people do get murdered
1: are you anxious about embalming
0: i don't Um, know if that's a
1: phobia i'm sure it is i'm sure yeah
0: there is it's i don't think it's traditional embalming but people do get murdered you don't see a lot of blood or gore or anything like that. I can't really think of anything that's that's a content warning for this episode in wow, particular. Wow, that's a record
1: too. It's
0: pretty standard, you know, regular creepy horror movie, I would say. So, the opening of this movie. I do like the opening. I think it's 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 great. I think it's great. All right. So, it opens, we see a hooded figure who's pouring chemicals, doing some chemistry there. And then we see that there are some feet on a table. It looks like a mortuary table, so you kind of get the impression maybe it's a body. Okay, then this person, we don't know their gender or anything like that, walks over to like these these big cubbies on the wall. They're kind of they're a little odd, um, but there's a reason why they're so big. Uh, and in one of them, there is a bust of a woman. It kind of looks like a mannequin, okay, but given the name of the movie, and the fact that it's a horror movie, or purports to be one, it's probably not a mannequin. Alright, so then we see this figure. Uh, they're leaving their lair. They're walking through this underground tunnel. It's full of skulls. They're, like, kicking the skulls. There's, like, you know, bones and crap everywhere. And then they walk out of that area. And then, it roll credits. I love the opening of this movie.
1: It's very much a... I mean, it this is one of the early examples of Jello, and and uh, you know, they just get right into it. He's not going to hide this very often. In a lot of these films, you're sort of like, what the hell's going on? I don't understand why we're saying this. We're going to see the killer right in action, collecting his Barbie dolls.
0: <laughs> all right. And then we go right into the next scene. There's a couple on the waterfront and all of a sudden there's this dramatic music. And then there's a freeze frame on the woman. And then it starts moving again. The couple separates. The woman is walking home by herself. And then in the meantime, we flash back to someone in scuba gear. Now all of a sudden it's like, what? Scuba gear? What is going on right now? This person is going into literally an opening in the ground that's filled with water. Okay. And that is the point where I'm like, oh, wait, we're in Venice. Okay. Where else would that be? be a thing and the way that it looks the cobblestones as the woman is walking home she's like going up and downstairs, and it's just odd doesn't look like a regular city so we're probably in Venice okay so now we see this woman gets grabbed she's pulled under the water obviously now we know what's going on here probably now, the police are investigating, as always in these movies. The police get involved pretty much right away, but they don't know what they're doing. There's no body. There's no evidence. They don't know what's going on. Um, so they just kind we just kind of see them sort of circling around and not knowing what to do and being throwing up their hands. And then we go back to the point of view of the killer again, where he's got the woman that he pulled under the water. He's got her in his lair now. Now, now I'm saying him because he starts talking to himself and
1: we think i mean it's, he's got a mask on well
0: right? that's Most... true <laughs> Maybe, i don't know if his
1: inner thoughts right or... this could be
0: a an inner monologue we're not seeing a face we're not seeing movement of lips or anything like that yeah but we're a little more aware of what this killer because they start talking to themselves and he's saying to this woman that he's just murdered that, uh, y- you know, you're more beautiful than living women and that I'm going to, you know, stuff your body and keep you here and you're going to be with me forever. And he has a very deep voice. We got our setup just very to the point. Like that very much. Okay? The, temple
1: like the-, of, the temple of beauty, I think he called it. It's
0: yeah. Of yeah.
1: So- I also, just for the record, and I know we disagreed on this. I'm convinced there is no glass panel in front of these women's bodies. And he's faking. <laughs> he like pats this space in front of them. Right.
0: He like lifts up his hands. And, yeah.
1: And it's like a thump, thump. But I'm I, I'm just, I didn't see a reflection. I'm pretty sure they were like, the glass is going to screw up the shot. Just pretend it's glass. But anyway, they're in glass cases, essentially. Supposedly. So can view them.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Well, I mean, why would you put glass in there? Why would a set designer put a glass in there? Like, it doesn't really make any sense. You don't need it. Yeah.
1: You can it just, just say it, that it's there. He he tries to sell it with his pantomiming, but I'm not sure if I bought it.
0: Right, right. All right. Now we're it's like, first, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes or whatever it is. Great setup. Probably the best 10 minutes that this movie has. Okay. <laughs> Set it up perfectly, succinctly. N- no dialogue. No, like, I mean, well, there was a little dialogue, but it's not important. We get what's going on, you know? Like, I loved it. You didn't have to, you didn't get the fashion and the weather report. You know what I mean? You didn't have anybody talking anybody saying um, anything, exposition. It just, like, it all got set up. So that was great. All right. So now uh, we're focused on a woman in a bookstore, a young woman, and we've heard the killer's voice now. So now we hear it again when he goes and talks to this woman in a bookstore and asks her for a book or some bullshit like that. And then freeze frame again on her. We've seen that, right? So we know what that means. Yeah. So now we see her walking home at night. We're following her and...
1: There's a lot of walking home at night.
0: (laughs) There's
1: a lot of walking home. There's a lot of walking home at night. And there's a lot of walking home by oneself at night. I don't know if this is a thing they do in Venice, but there's definitely a vibe that like, everybody seems to be unescorted, not going home in groups. They just all seem to go by themselves back to wherever they, they sleep or live.
0: Maybe it's totally fine. Well, it's
1: not perfectly fine.
0: I I mean, maybe 99% of the time it is until you have somebody that decides that they want to start murdering people. I don't know. All right. As usual, we have like the Keystone Cops, right? Um, a lot of these older movies and horror movies, I mean, it would be over if they knew what was going on. Right. So of course they can't really be too bright, but What's interesting is, is that they're sort of arguing themselves out of the idea that women, missing women are a crime. They're arguing amongst themselves and saying, like, that's not a crime. They probably, like, ran away. (laughs) Yeah. It's really wild. And so there's a reporter that shows up and he's the one that is saying, wait a minute, like... I think there's a story here. I think there's something going on. This is now several women, and I don't think that it's just uh, women running away. Also, it's like Venice. Isn't it difficult to get in and out of? Like, you know, where are they going? And the police are like, nah, 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 nah. nah." And he's like, but they're all like 17, 18 years old. Like, something is weird here. Like, there's a, like what he's saying is it's a serial killer. And he has a type. Right. Like, I feel like that's what he's getting at.
1: And they seem to reacting to the fact they don't have bodies, right? That's part of the issue is right. until a body shows up, they're very unwilling to sort of admit anything's going on. Again, you know, like, I uh, do uh, people disappear in Venice all the time? I don't know, but they seem very reluctant to be, essentially say, yeah, this is a murder or a series of murders or a series of connected murders, which, of course, our fearless, handsome, debonair, suave, beefcake reporter is pushing the narrative he's like impossibly handsome this guy
0: there's a lot of adjectives for that guy
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's very he's to like, add a
0: few more you got a little yeah, brush yeah
1: <laughs> he's very like uh, sometimes i say this about a lot of times actresses in films where they're they're doing something and you're like i just feel like you, uh, it's difficult to believe that this is the profession you had other opportunities he this is the, the male version of that he's so handsome you're like really that's what you do, you're just a reporter. Alright, okay, that's fine. But uh look, it they play it plays into the plot, so I think that's good at least. They they didn't ignore it and uh, several of the characters comment on it.
0: If you're an investigative journalist, which is what he seemed to be or trying to be, being good looking would really take you far. I I feel like. So it, it gets pretty far. Yeah, he he he, he <laughs> sure does. All right, so <laughs> The police aren't really on board with his theory. His editor is like, no, we're not running this story. So he's not really getting anywhere with his theories. Now we're in like, suddenly it's like a completely different movie, which happens a lot in these movies. All of a sudden you see like a bunch of people like getting off a boat in one of the canals. And it's like, what it is, it's a group of tourists, right? So it's a group of tourists getting off a boat. And then we go back to the killer again. There's a lot of this back and forth, and I like I was very aware of it when I was watching it for the second time and was trying to think to myself whether or not this was really very typical of a lot of movies or whether I was just noticing it a lot. There did seem to be a lot of back and forth. We're going to the killer. We're going to the you know, the regular people we're going to the killer the re- like it just seemed to be happening a lot. There was very quick scenes. So, but we're with the killer again. We're in his lair. He now has three bodies. Then we see him grab another woman and drag her under the water. And I say bodies, but it's like you only see when they're in the cubbies, you only see like the waist up, kind of. Um, It's not their full body.
1: Yeah, and, and we don't actually see them murdered. Uh, for no. most the whole film. It's, it, so the assumption is, I mean, there's two things. One, if he wants them beautiful, there's presumably some level of not murder that he's trying to do. Well, in drowning
0: the is probably, right? right? That's that what I'm I saying. Preserve like, your looks more exactly. so than strangling or something. So he's probably
1: drowning them. That's the assumption. Yeah. We don't really see it. They just literally, once they're in the water, that's the last you see of them, essentially, yeah. And, yeah. then they're dead. But it's, yeah. it's an interesting point because, His other methods of murder, and we know he's capable of other ones, uh, he doesn't use because he presumably wants them to stay, quote, air quotes, beautiful. I mean, they're dead. And so I think that's why he's sort of literally snatching them off gondolas. But it's sort of an interesting thing because uh, you don't see anything. So for a little while, you know, you're right there with the police. You're like, maybe they're not dead. Until you see the bodies, you don't know that that character actually has been murdered until they show up in his Barbie box.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and... For that reason, I mean, even though there's a lot of murders in the movie, and it does have a PG rating, but you don't see him holding them under the water or anything like that. He's in full scuba gear. So the presumption is he's grabbing onto them and just dragging them down with him and then holding onto them until they drown. And it's mentioned several times that all of these women happen to be strong swimmers, which is another thing that I'm like, really? Like, okay, okay. But that's what's said about several of them. So it's the presumption is not that they would have just fallen into the water, you know, they'd been drinking or something, and then they drown. You know, our handsome reporter. Our hunky. Our hunky (laughs) reporter runs into these these tourists and um, helps them find their hotel. Yeah, he does. Yeah. (laughs) And then at this point, (laughs) there's this, like, little comic relief interlude. Where there's these working men, I'm not really sure what their jobs are.
1: (laughs) I think they clean the the. the It looked like
0: one of them cleaned, and one of them was like a bellhop, but he wasn't a bellhop for the hotel. Like I don't know, maybe he just like carried people's luggage. Right, because he
1: ran around trying to get some (laughs) some tips or something. Yeah,
0: right. Like as you're as you're coming into the city, let me take your luggage and pull it for you because you're not going to be in a car, right? Right. So anyway, these guys uh, had, had those kinds of jobs. So they're like hanging around, they're like hanging around the docks. And (laughs) then they're, you know, they're teasing each other about, you know, you can't drink and you can't, you know, whatever. And then why can't we attract any women? That handsome reporter is just like, you know, cock blocking us or whatever. And I don't know. It was just kind of like a weird little, I think it was supposed to be humorous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like so many things, everything feels just weirdly spliced together. Um, doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just it doesn't flow naturally. It's just all of a sudden you're like, well, what's happening? We're having emotional whiplash here.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. All right. So again, this is another another quick scene. We see like a bunch of old dudes sitting around in a cafe, and they're talking about the missing women. Maybe these women ran away, and you get the impression one of them appears to be a priest. Uh, you get the impression that these are like town leaders. You know, the priest says something about, oh, we all have to have faith, you know, <laughs> and then uh one of these dudes is the manager of one of the hotels, and he says, well, maybe one of us is responsible for these missing women. And you're like, what? Dun, dun, dun. Like, wh- like what? They're like, why would you say that? Why would you say that? I think the commissioner is there as well. Yeah, like, but it's, it's
1: weird because... I think they were essentially trying to imply that whoever was capable of doing this was very familiar with the city.
0: Which would make sense. And
1: therefore, but they certainly didn't say that out loud. I don't think they said that part. So there was a little bit of like, could be any one of it. I also love the fact there's a priest and like it's such a Venetian. Only in Venice is there like the, let's get the kid. And here's the priest who's present, presumably representing the Pope's interests or something. I don't know what was going on, but it, it was very funny how there was just like, yeah, there's a priest in the town council Leadership in Venice, because there is.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe that makes sense, but it's also kind of funny what he's wearing. He's wearing like a, sorry, I don't know, like his investments. Mm-hmm. He's wearing something that looks kind of almost like a cape. Yeah, and that's not really typical of what the other men are wearing. They're wearing like business suits. So, yeah. you kind of, when you see it, you kind of look at him and go, mm, he's a little different. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something here is not like the other yeah. you know. I mean? And he's higher up.
1: He's not your typical priest. Okay. For sure. So, yeah. They call was... him
0: father. Otherwise, I, that's yeah. the only, you know, that's the only. Well, doesn't matter. We don't see these people again. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, this group of tourists that just showed up and we've been following check into their hotel. There's a weird thing with the rooms. They all, all want to be on, like, one floor together, but then the man that's checking them in places one of the women on a different floor, and he's like, no, no, no there's no more rooms on that floor, so I got to put you on this floor, and his co-worker's like, there's totally rooms on that floor, and he's like, oh, well, whatever, I put her on the other floor, and you leave it at that, and right away, you know, us, at least me, I'm like, no, there's a reason why you put her in a separate room. Yeah. Also, yeah. she's a good-looking woman, so... Yeah. Yeah, you, you get the uh, idea. And they all are. I don't
1: – are they models? Uh, we don't actually know why – what they're doing there, do we?
0: I believe that they were students. They said they were from Rome, and I think that they're all students, but students of what, et cetera? I don't – that I don't know. Yeah. All right. So they're they're talking to the reporter. One of the chaperones is t- is talking to the reporter. They find out that he's local, and then they're like, hey, can you be our guide? You know, can you take us around tomorrow? I think it's so funny, too, because he's not like, bro, I have to go to work.
1: <laughs> I know. He's like, uh, sure. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm working on a story, but I'll swing by, you know, after a serial I killer. lounge around the docks.
0: Not, uh, but it's, it's all right. I can show you all the sights. No problem. Again, we cut to a different scene, and we hear the killer. He's talking to a young woman in, in, I think, a coffee shop. Someone later says it's a bar. I don't know what it is, but he asks her for a cup of coffee. We hear his voice again, and we know his voice. And then the freeze frame again on her. Uh-oh. All right, so now we're back with the group. The reporter, our handsome reporter, is showing the group around Venice. And it's clear that him and one of the chaperones, her name, I think, is Maureen. They're they're getting real chummy um and so they have their they have their day they're out seeing the sights then they go to a nightclub and they're seeing this act there's this singer who comes on the stage he's in a coffin <laughs> they bring the coffin on the stage and he comes out of the coffin and then he gets out and he's singing and whatever and it's kind of it reminded us of of like an elvis impersonator yeah whether or not that was what that was supposed to be but that's what it reminded us of now we're back to the killer again. We see him in his lair. He's talking to his, you know, beautiful stuffed women. He says he's <laughs> going to kill more, but only the beautiful ones. You know, only the sexy people up in this crypt. <laughs> All right, so now he's, he's off again. He's in his scuba gear. He's off. He's going to get the woman from the coffee shop. Except this one doesn't go quite as cleanly. So, so it's a, uh, he doesn't grab her quite so quickly off the, off the street and into the canal. So she leaves behind some, some things and the cop, the cops do find her scarf, but they still don't have a body, but now they have a missing person. And then some of her effects near the water seems weird. All right. And the reporter now is like. We have a maniac. We have a sex maniac, he's saying. It's really funny. And, the, and this movie, of course, is in Italian, I believe, the original. So this is dubbed. And so, who like, who knows what, like, he's, if that's what he's actually saying. And that's what they're, you know, translating it as or whatever. But he says, oh, there's a maniac. And now they're trying to figure out, like, where, like, where might these bodies be? All right, if he's kidnapping these women and murdering them, they're assuming, they're presuming murdering where are the bodies okay and they're they're thinking about that and then we're back at the killer again and now he's got the body of this cashier again we don't we don't you know see him murder her or anything like that but she's laying on this embalming table and now he's kind of narrating his process for us okay so he's monologuing a little bit and he which involves
1: like an iv drip
0: yeah he does have something like we're
1: like if she's dead that's going to be a problem.
0: Well, he's embalming her, right? So he's putting stuff in her veins. To he's got to take stuff her. out.
1: He's got to take right. fluids out and right. replace it. Right. But that requires some kind of device that pumps it out and then pumps the other stuff in. And there's none of that near as we can. Do. I mean, there's oh. no sound. I mean, maybe like,
0: is, you don't hear anything. Well,
1: look, he's got a secret potion. It doesn't matter. He says, "Yeah, it's that's a what secret he says." Potion.
0: He says, "I've got a secret potion. It's a and magic it's keep potion." You Eternally beautiful.
1: This is like that blue stuff in the other movie we saw. Just trust us. It does what you need to do.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a secret potion. Mm-hmm. I love it. I know if I ever invented a chemical formula that did something completely new and 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 wondrous, that I would call it a secret potion. Well, you ab- have
1: to say it in, like, French or Italian. I <laughs> would make it sound very fancy, but yes.
0: Yeah. I don't know either of those languages. Okay. <laughs> so... And, I mean, at this point, I'm wondering, like, can you stuff a body? Like, you know, there's taxidermy. Is it like taxidermy? No. No. Okay. Do you know more about this than I do?
1: Yeah, I was just looking through TV tropes because this this movie is in TV tropes under Wax Museum Horror. Uh... And they talk about all the different ways you want, if you want to embalm someone, all the different ways. And um, to your point, taxidermy would be rough. I don't know if you call it waxidermy. <laughs> Waxing somebody... Uh, is also challenging for lots of good reasons, um, but yeah, I mean the embalmer could do it. The problem is he would need more equipment than uh, what we're seeing because you have to take fluids out and replace them, and uh, you know he doesn't have that. But we can assume either it happens off screen, we just don't hear the sound effect of something pumping, or it's secret potion. He says secret potion, so secret potion it is.
0: It's you know my memory is not great on this. I always say like. I don't have an encyclopedic memory as far as movies concerned. But isn't there an uh, another movie similar to this where somebody is killing and in, 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 it's called Wax Museum? Oh, yeah. Or...
1: The House of Wax. The House With of Wax. Vincent, Vincent Price. And Vincent made... Price. Oh,
0: my God. Yes. I cannot remember his name. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Vincent Price. Right. So sim- So similar. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Can we watch that, that movie? That movie
1: freaked me out because he narrates some doing it he's like now we're covering your
0: mouth <laughs> it's horrible i don't remember it in that detail yeah, he like waxes
1: everybody and then he waits till the end and they like die of a heart attack because he covers their nostrils up or whatever it's horrible
0: oh i have to watch that again yeah okay so now we're following one of these young students we're back at the hotel she goes to her room she takes the bath and <laughs> i had to make notes about the music at this point Because it reminds me, for the Twin Peaks fans who may remember Audrey's theme, you know, it's very like jazzy. It's very like sexy jazzy, you know, so we've got that going on. You don't really see much of anything. She's clearly getting undressed, you know.
1: But somebody else sees things.
0: Yeah, it's really not that sexy of a scene. You know, the music is very sultry. Anyway, so she's undressing, and then, yeah, somebody's watching her.
1: The room next door to hers has this ability to see her, right? Right. That was the point.
0: Right. All right. So she takes a phone call. Uh, This is a little confusing to me because, again, these characters don't really show up. Like, they're not that much in the movie. She takes a phone call, and I I think it's a different person in the hotel, and he's like, oh, my boss is away, you know? And I don't know what that's supposed to mean. The two of them are going to get together or something? I don't know.
1: Yeah, because this – there was – totally so i think this character particularly who's in in danger was canoodling with the other guy at the front desk right there were the two there was a creepy guy and then the younger guy the younger guy yeah and they were definitely had something was going on between them so
0: that was that dialogue right 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 okay all right now it doesn't matter (laughs) yeah it doesn't doesn't matter the plot line goes nowhere (laughs) All right. So now we're back with this with the um, the professor that's with the school group. Um, he's an archaeologist. So he's down in the catacombs in Venice. He's hot on something. He's trying to get some samples of some dirt, something on the wall, whatever, because he thinks that he's found a lost monastery. Okay. Right. He's near the killer's lair. The killer finds him. Okay. Now we're back at the nightclub, and they're like, where's the professor, and whatever, and okay. Well, the same nightclub, they're going to have this same act, the man that comes out of the coffin, right? So,
1: Oh, a man comes out of the coffin.
0: Yeah, so they bring out the coffin, and who's in the coffin? Who's in the coffin, Mike?
1: The professor.
0: Well, the professor, you know. So Who has
1: been murdered in more traditional ways because we don't care about his beauty.
0: No, not, no not at all okay so i have in my notes calamity ensues that's what happens next um so now you know the reporter's there he he because he's hanging out with um these young women and whatnot and And he's
1: dating so now he's definitely full-on dating Maureen. maureen maureen right yeah and one of the things that is interesting about this film is they make a point of saying maureen is older so Maureen is the chaperone, right? So there's all these younger girls, and Maureen's supposed to be, in I don't know what, but she's older than them. So there's, there's like, appropriateness between the reporter and Maureen. And the girls spend a lot of time gossiping about their sno- snoochies <laughs> that happens on the gondola.
0: Oh, yeah. It's
1: constantly like, oh, she's giving him eyes. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're doing that. So it's kind of funny, because this is, now he's... He initially was sort of loosely tied to the plot because now he's essentially dating Maureen. He, you know, they, I think they went to take this in. So now he's, he's very much close tied to these, this whole group of girls.
0: So the reporter goes to the professor's room. He's looking around. He finds the notes okay, about what the professor was thinking in finding this monastery. So he thinks he knows where the professor was that day. So that's important. And the cops can't find the singer. And then what do they think? They think, oh, well, he must have murdered the professor. <laughs>
1: what? For no reason.
0: No reason. Just that he's also missing. Um. So now at this point, the police are taking it more seriously. And finally, finally, which granted they have an actual body. So I get that. The body also happens to be a male body. And so I kind of think that that plays a part in them now thinking that there's a larger picture here. And it is not just random, you know, misadventure or people or women running off. They think that there is something actually going on and that it all may be connected. And it's a shame that it takes a professor to being murdered who he looked quite young also so not an older man but it took a man being murdered in a very public way and then also i'm not really sure why the killer would do that he was going to great pains he could have done this for a really long time frankly if right he, if he hadn't have done this thing the stunt with the professor
1: yeah that's my point is he really wanted to go all out and tell the world about what he was doing because he he had to it wasn't just one murder it was one murder and an assault which could have been maybe two murders. I don't know what the plan was, but then he put the body in there. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work.
0: Yeah. All right. So now our, our handsome reporter, he's hot on the trail. Oh, he goes to the basement of the hotel. He's looking around and they discover the singer couldn't have been the murder because he's in the hospital. And now we have another freeze frame. We have another freeze frame on the young, one of the young students. Okay. So they decide they're going to go out in the gondola. They go out, as one does. It capsizes.
1: <laughs> well, the embalmer capsizes. Yeah,
0: and they all fall in the water. They get I back. thought
1: this was brilliant. I was a little bit like, what's he going to do now? Everybody should be, frankly, completely freaked out about anybody trying to snatch them. But he just decides to full-on just create chaos by knocking everybody in the water. And then, in the confusion, snatch one of the girls. So he's getting increasingly bold
0: right right what's interesting too is that in this chaos that I'm first of all after your professor was murdered and whatnot I really I, I Carpe diem okay but like I I, I feel like <laughs> stay in your room right you know yeah. what I mean like no more gondolas all, kids no more gondolas <laughs> no more nightclubs we're kind of yeah. done here yeah we're all done here now uh so interesting so but they get back to the hotel One of the women is missing. Okay. The one that we freeze framed on. And it's interesting too, because it's kind of like you went this whole time before you noticed that, look, if I was this woman's mom, like you're the, you're the worst chaperone I've ever seen. Okay. You're not counting heads before you left the area. Like terrible, terrible. Just the worst.
1: She's bad at her job.
0: She's bad at her job. All right. So now the police are actively looking in the lagoon for bodies. They're not finding anything. And these working men, who were the comic relief, right? They were talking to the reporter earlier, and they now they're saying to him, "We keep seeing this weird, like this weird fish. It's lighting up in the water, and whatever." And so they're fishing around in the water. They see something. They pull this thing out of the water. It turns out it's the the young woman who's missing. It's her belt. So now the reporter puts it together. Then he's like the light that these men were seeing must be from scuba gear and it must be from the killer. And so he decides he's going to start diving around in that area. He's trying to figure out what's going on here. And, the, and you know, these two men are helping him. All right. Now back at, back at the ranch. So Maureen is back at the hotel. She wants to talk to the manager. He's out. So she goes into his room and starts snooping around in his room. Like, for a long time. A long time. And she does eventually find a tunnel.
1: Yeah, and, and this is precipitated somewhat by discovering the dual mirror. Right. right. So she's in a rage, and she's, like, going to give him what for. Right. And then she goes over there, and then she starts snooping even further, and then finds a secret door in the fireplace or so I don't know. So it starts with the one thing, and then just sort of... Steamroll right.
0: from there. Yeah, she's like moving statues. There's like like she's clearly <laughs> She's you know, Scooby
1: doing it. The whole thing is just Scooby doing the whole room. She's completely
0: Scooby doing it and and also maybe his I don't know, maybe read some Nancy Drew or something where it's like if you pull pull out the right book, the door opens.
1: Any good adventurer knows exactly to do that.
0: Oh, well, yeah, you know, you tear, you know, tear the place apart That's looking right. for the the secret room. So she finds it. She finds it. She goes uh she goes she goes in. Goes right in. Goes right into the catacombs. Seems like a good idea.
1: It's a great idea.
0: Great idea. All right. She finds the lair. Now she's screaming her head off because there's these bodies in there. And the killer is around. He finds her. And we see he's wearing a skull, like, on his face. So he's hooded, but he's also got, like, a skull. So we can't see his face.
1: So this guy does two costume changes, just to be clear. There's his scuba, um, three really. So there's whatever whoever he is normally during the day, his scuba diving costume, and then he puts a mask on down in the monastery. And by the way, this is the, his lair is the monastery, right? Or is it near it? But it's sort of like...
0: It's, yeah, it I, I believe it is the monastery. Yeah. Yeah,
1: which is horrifying because there's all these dead monks and dead skulls and dead everything. But he changes a lot. This is a man dedicated to his art. he really I really appreciate his effort to put a mask on that no one would see. There's no reason for him to assume anyone's going to see him. It's not a secret disguise. There's no one looking at him. So he's putting this mask on for himself. Because if you can't, <laughs> what do they say from Princess Bride? Like, you know, if you don't have your health, what do you have? You know, he's very much talking about his own mental wellness and he's taking care of himself. So I appreciate the young bomber's dedication to his craft.
0: Right. He's chasing poor Maureen. They're fighting and he's chasing her and she's running. I have to say, this 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 is scary. This is pretty scary stuff here through this monastery that's under Venice. Okay. Um it's abandoned. There's uh decaying bodies everywhere, which also by the way, the fuck. Okay, you know, like wh- who are these people and how long have they been down there and why did nobody excavate them like
1: well the professor's argument essentially is the water level had gotten lower and that's what he was this was part of the whole note was that he thought he was going to find this monastery because he believed it had been submerged because the water had risen and then it was back lower again so presumably that's part of the explanation of this that's why these bodies are revealed now why they're not in a worse state i don't know um but yeah so definitely that was what the professor was postulating was that there was some reason that this monastery had been revealed and i don't know how long this killer has been doing this the embalmer has been at it for a while or if it's recent but he took advantage of the lower water levels and and moved in
0: yeah it's pretty scary they're running around in there and he's chasing the the killer is chasing maureen and she's terrified appropriately and eventually so now the killer's chasing maureen like through the halls of the catacomb the reporter comes and finds the lair. He's not screaming, but he is shouting for Maureen because he can hear her, but he doesn't know where she is. It does appear to be like, you know, there, it's it's a maze. So, and I imagine also under there, like you would hear screaming, but it would be very difficult, I think, because of the way that sound bounces to understand where it was coming from. So he does finally find her, but she's, but she's, sadly, she's already dead. Um. No, Unbelievable. I'm calling her a bad chaperone, but.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah. That was a shock. Yeah. Because we were like, oh, she's just unconscious. No, she's dead.
0: No, she's, she's dead. dead. Yeah. She's just, yeah. She just died. Doesn't come back. So our handsome reporter is now chasing the killer. They're struggling. Struggle goes on for a while. They're, he's chasing him. They do end up above ground. And so they're struggling uh, literally in the street. So the reporter gets the mask and the hood off the killer. And lo and behold, who is the killer? It's the hotel manager. Also not a bad looking man, by the way.
1: And this kind of makes sense, right? So we were trying to backwards engineer. You needed somebody who knew these rooms, right? So there was a room, obviously it was a creepo room that tunnel had to be a building that was old enough to be connected. So he had figured this out. It went to this other monastery. So he had, you had to have, I think the point in that early conversation, we have randos and, and a Bishop or somebody discussing all this is that they were trying to say, whoever was the killer would have to know the streets pretty well. And the hotel manager actually makes a lot of sense. It's just that we didn't really get a chance to know that's who he was so it's hard to come to that conclusion on our own without the movie jumping to that conclusion.
0: All right. So they're in the street. They're fighting. The killer renders the reporter unconscious. Has his
1: fingers wrapped around his throat. Yeah. And is choking the life out of him.
0: Choking the life out of him. We hear a shot. The next thing we see, the commissioner is bringing the reporter around to consciousness and telling him, yes, this is the killer. And we shot him. He's dead. And we found the lair. We found the bodies. We know what's going on. So they did figure it out pretty quickly at that point. Not really sure how they got there. Like who called them or or how they.
1: Well, they roll around the street for like a half hour. So I'm glad the police finally showed up at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long, but, you know, also I think it may have been like early morning. That there may not have been too many people around. So, and then the movie ends with some interesting music choices, kind of like light music, and then some scenes from around Venice. And I didn't think about this the first time we watched it, but the second time I watched it, I thought to myself, how would the real people of Venice feel about their city being depicted in this way in this movie? You know, like, I don't have an answer for that.
1: Yeah, and I I said this before uh, when we were discussing this, that maybe they were involved. We don't know. Because there's definitely a couple scenes where you're like, this guy's covered with pigeons. And there's a couple other scenes you're like, did they just walk around, take film of goofy people in Venice who are there for the tourists and then slot into the movie? I don't know. Um, So for all we know, they had the blessing of the Venetian tour industry. But we don't know. And uh, it, it is an interesting concept because there's this movie is very much a product of venice which is great right right? if you're going to do it have it involve waterways and gondolas and and the villain who uses snorkeling and scuba diving and i think that was great I, i thought it it was very much a venice movie so i get it um but to your point maybe that's not the most flattering light for venice
0: so the police commissioner says to our handsome reporter, oh, you know, you just need to forget about this. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Just like our tourist industry will forget <laughs> Let's about- just
0: forget about it. Let's forget All right. about it. Venice is beautiful. Yeah. Forget about this, this little, this horrible little incident that happened to you. The end. The end. All right. So... Let's move into our big question, which is, is this a horror movie or is it something else? Yes. It is a horror movie. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Has all, you know, is there, is there any criteria for what a horror movie is? Is there, is there a group that has defined anything like this? If if so, I've never seen it.
1: TV Tropes probably has it, but we haven't dealt we really have. We, I mean, maybe that's for another episode. It's worth yeah. exploring. We haven't really defined it, um, but I, it, you know, you kind of know it when you see you know it. it a little bit it. like porn. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but uh, you know, it's funny because we've had a lot of we have had a string, and boy, there's some coming up that have nothing to do with horror. Uh, maybe they are horrible or horrifying that they were made, but they're just not what we would traditionally define as horror. They're often thrillers. It's always interesting because we're, we're, we are watching a collection and it I, I really feel like this was curated because now we're in this like spate of just horror movies for sure. Um, so this is the latest and definitely it's a horror.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I don't think it's just murders that make something a horror movie because that could also be a thriller, although thrillers tend not to have a high body count. Usually Mm -hmm. um, it's a little more about the psychological and horror is usually more about just truly being scared. And then usually, I think, a killer who is intending to cause a lot of of harm to their victims and sometimes cause them psychological harm before actually murdering them. Yeah, it's a
1: combination of fear, violence, gore. Right. All the warnings you see nowadays, the content warnings. Um, but th- this one, it's so bare bones. That's all it really has, frankly, between the beautiful tour of Venice, college women in
0: gondolas. Thank you. And,
1: and a murderer. That's pretty much it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So are we ready to give it some ratings then? I'm ready. Okay. We're going to give it three ratings. We're going to give it Knives, Glasses of Wine, and Screams. And we're going to give it between zero and five of these measurements. So knives will represent the body count, scare factor, gore factor, and did it live up to its title? So between zero and five knives. Mike, how many do you think you're going to give it?
1: So this is, uh, the murders are relatively bloodless, but there's good reason for them to be bloodless. So yes, they're bloodless. That is often a trick that these movies do because they don't want to be censored or there's just too much trouble to show the gore. And I
0: don't think it's necessary always to show. Totally. It's pr- plenty scary sometimes it, without.
1: It fits. Um, so I, I thought that was fine. Um, there's several murders and he gets increasingly bold. He gets style points for the Rockabilly put a, put the professor in the coffin uh, murder. So I, I'm going to go probably higher than I would. Um, I'm not going to say it's in the, you know, five range, four and four to five. I'm going to go three and a half.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling the same. I'm feeling like three and a half. Um, so no gore, definitely scary, spooky, lived up to the title. I believe, I, I believe there were nine murders. I'm not really sure how many there were because there was a body already in the lair, uh, in the opening. I feel like I can't give it a four. Like I kind of want to, so I I think I'm going to give it a, th- a three and a half as well. Okay. All right. So moving on to our glasses of wine, and this represents how yeah, how much fun did we have watching it? Did it have any unique moments? What was the body? What was the flavor? So how many glasses of wine do you think, Mike?
1: I was pretty entertained. I have to say, uh, there's a, a again emotional whiplash. There's a lot of like, what's going on, but. Lots of innovation. The killer, he, although we don't get his motivations, he he changes things up. The reporter does a lot. He has a personal investment. Um, the uh, the Sort of the police, as much as we didn't necessarily agree with sort of their approach, that you understand at least the process of how this is going. And once there's, a, sadly, it's a male's body, then they're like, oh, now we take it seriously. But there's definitely... Enough here to be entertaining, I thought, um, that I wouldn't dismiss it out of hand. I'd give it a four.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree. Um on the second watching, I I appreciated a lot more of the little details that were in the movie and how the plot was propelled along. And there are certainly problems, I mean, secret potions aside. <laughs> It was actually pretty tight. The writing was actually pretty tight. So yeah, I'm going to give it four. I'm going to give it four glasses of wine. You know, it was really entertaining in, in those ways. All right. So now we have an overall rating, which we're calling Screams. So between zero and five Screams. And how many are you going to give this movie, Mike?
1: So the combination of, we'll start with the title actually has something to do with the movie. Great. It's in a place you can't Do in Venice. You couldn't have this movie anywhere else. Great. The murders, even though they take place off screen, are done in a creative way. Magic potions aside. Great. The attempt, not always successful, to throw us off the scent or otherwise give us a couple options. I love that. So you add all this up and I I feel like it's a four. I think it was uh, entertaining enough that I was surprised um, I can tell you that that is not people have not been as kind to this film, um, partially because it's sort of an early Jalo, so it's 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 more murders than anything else. I think that's fine. I, I'd give it four.
0: You know what? I like. I think I'm going to give it. I think I'm going to give it a four and a half.
1: Wow! Oh my goodness! Stop the podcast.
0: I know, right? <laughs> there was a lot to it. It it could have benefited with a little bit more breathing room. I feel like. But like I I really do feel the writing was very tight, It was well acted. There were just so many elements that I haven't seen repeated in a hundred other places. It couldn't have taken place literally in any other time or in any other city, which was really great. And I mean, it kind of was a love letter to the city, truly. Even though there was a serial killer um, killing killing women, uh, but yeah, it was really just great. And you know, some of the criticisms, I think, were poking at things like at the music, like they didn't like the music, and it's like, okay, all right, like I, like I get that in some of the parts, the music was a little incongruous, but that was only one piece of it and in other places the music did a very good job at at sh- at explaining showing to you what was going on without ha- somebody having to give a lot of exposition so
1: this is the first time you've given a reading higher than mine I'm yeah
0: sure. i think so but you know as- aside from a lot of quick scenes back and forth like things the pacing probably could have been done a little bit differently. It was a little bit of a breakneck pace. It's it's still, you know, very tight plot. Didn't need to show you a lot of things that you really didn't need to see. Like, you, like you didn't need to see the women being held under the water. Like, I was totally okay with you not seeing that. You understood what happened, you know. And then even when he had them in the lair, it wasn't really... Gory or excessive, and
1: we, I can't, I can't believe I forgot this. He at one point, you wearing the skull mask because there's a reason he's wearing that skull mask. He pretends he's some of the dead monks, and he attacks. I don't know if it's Maureen or the handsome reporter, um, but even that. So there's a visual flair there. Even his mask serves a purpose for him to blend in with the other corpses, which is great. So he he, he really does like everything visually in this film has a purpose.
0: Right, yes. It's very lean. There was nothing extra in this movie at all. There was no... Like, if you had to come up with a time to go to the bathroom in this movie, like, you'd be hard-pressed. Let's move on to the character that you created for this movie. I'm, I like, I'm so bated breath. I can't wait to see. No, Who is it? Know. Who should it be? It's Maureen.
1: No, it's not Maureen. Maureen. <laughs> it's the embalmer of it's course embalmer. He's, a, he's sort of a straightforward character which it makes him great He's he's a he snatches people off boats I mean that's what he does and then he turns them to stone essentially in, in D&D terms that's petrification it's a little different from sort of turning to stone from vision but this concept is the same which is that if he injects you with something you eventually turn to stone so uh, his MO is pretty straightforward be out in a boat He jumps out, grabs you, brings you back down. Now, there's a couple things I did differently. Um, One of them being, uh, he's not alive. So that's different. Uh, He's a literal skull. So he's undead. Uh, I basically filled in some backstory. The idea was that the monks had discovered this secret to longevity. And they would inject themselves so that their bodies would remain uh, preserved, like mummies. And that's what he discovered. He discovers this alchemical secret when he's down there. And then he decides the embalmer decides to use this because he's very warped after some tragedy in his life where beauty was taken from him. The love of his life died early and he's deciding he's never going to let that happen again. So he decides to use it on himself. And of course, one of the side effects of that is it actually causes his, all of his flesh to fall off and he's still alive. He's undead. So he's a skeleton that doesn't need a scuba suit, um, but it's good at swimming. And he goes around snatching bodies with the, the hope, that he is going to create this uh, sort of immortality through death of women that he lost when he was alive, and uh, he's nuts, but he is—he is this villain who he's—he's uh, he's sort of a waterway villain. Which I—I—I I, I love his purity in some ways.
0: Well. Uh... I don't know if we want to get into the physics of a skeleton swimming, but what are the stats of the embalmer of this character? Let's what, get into the physics
1: of how his secret potion works. Um, he is strong and fast, right? So those are the, probably the two big things. I, I don't think the embalmer is brilliant necessarily. I think he's good at what he does, which is that he, he strikes from the shadows. So that's what he does. So he's strong and fast. He's a mid-tier villain. He's not a newbie guy, but he's not super powerful. And he's he's very often, more than likely, a mad scientist henchman um, because he works well for that. If the idea of him work with a syringe and embalming magical fluids, uh, I think, makes him a good, good mid-tier villain.
0: So he could be that villain that a higher level or more clever villain says, I need to be rid of so-and-so, and and go take them out.
1: He's good at grabbing people. So as much as that is, as it is, go get me some so-and-so and and bring them here. Uh, He can do that too. So yeah, I I think he... he, But he definitely works as sort of that kind of body stature.
0: Is he always in the water? Does this need to be a waterway type of situation? Canal? Lagoon? Other?
1: Yeah, I mean, he works well in a Venice-like fantasy city for sure. I think probably... The big thing is also his, he actually has a a power where he can hide in his, in his lair. His lair has all the dead monks there. So he can hide amongst them and he can even animate them because of course this is fantasy stuff. So we're not going to let a bunch of undead monks just sit there and molder. They're going to animate and attack. So he can hide amongst them. Um, So it it is, it's, it's definitely, there's some kind of sewage system or waterway system could be either. And there's definitely some old catacombs that he can sort of make his lair. So that's probably a city with some history behind it or underneath it. Ew, sewage. Ah, he's a skeleton. What does he care?
0: Uh, Well, he doesn't care, but uh, I I would not want to be snatched off the street and be dragged through (laughs) the sewers.
1: Don't worry. You'll be dead long before you get that far.
0: Okay, good. Well, good to know. Good to know. All right, so if people want to incorporate this character into their tabletop role-playing games, where can they find him?
1: So we will release him for free, On my Patreon, patreon.com slash talien, that's T-A-L-I-E-N, so that's patreon.com slash T-A-L-I-E-N. And as we do with all these villains, we release them for free to the public and share them on social media. But we are also collecting them all in a 5E foe supplement. That supplement's called 5E foes, Gothic Villains. And 5E foes, Gothic Villains will have all these villains, plus their weapons, minions, and any special rules and lairs and info uh, so it, it really fleshes them out. And that's available on Drive RPG. So you'll get a taste of the embalmer. Oh, that sounded bad. You'll get some embalming. No, that sounds worse. You, you know where the embalmer can be found on Patreon. And you can also purchase him and it, all of his friends on Drive-Thru RPG.
0: All right. And we will put all of that information and the links in the show notes as well. All right. I think that'll do it for the embalmer. I'm a little... It's making me a little nervous because I feel like... Dad, did did reach a high point here, you know? <laughs> it's all downhill. It might be all downhill from yeah, here. Yeah, it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know. We'll try we'll try to find something redeeming out of the rest of the movies in this series. I can almost always find something. Almost always. Well, we'll do our best, right? Mike is shaking his head for those that can't <laughs> see him shaking his head or hear it, you know? Like my mother used to say, I can't hear you shaking your head. Can't hear your all head right. rattle. Can't <laughs> okay, hear your head all all right All right, Mike, as always, thank you so much for being with me on this journey and for statting up the character for people to play.
1: Oh, the Embalmer made it easy. My pleasure.
0: All right, and we will see you next time on 50 Date Night Screams.
1: Thanks all. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for listening to 50 Date Night Screams. Be sure to check the show notes to learn where you can watch this movie for free. The quality isn't always the best when streaming, so we've also included a link to where you can purchase it. You can also get much more information, including the characters from this and all the 50 Date Night Screams episodes at patreon.com talion. Until next time, don't stop screaming. 50 Date Night Screams is a production of Malintal Enterprises. It is written, produced, and directed by Amber and Mike Tresca.